What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold, but the takes are hot. Coming at you with another Mock Draft Monday today, and I got to say, before we start off, the seats are definitely cold, and today the takes are scorching hot. Super excited to get into this Mock Draft. We're doing a one-round Mock Draft today, but with trades. It'll be the first Mock Draft of trades that we've done all year. Uh, really looking forward to it. And uh, actually today, uh, earlier today, massive trade went down uh, between the Saints and the Eagles. Kind of shook up the mock a little bit. Definitely. Um, the Saints sent a couple picks, including next year's first to the Eagles, and the Eagles gave the Saints a their 16th pick, which we've been saying is likely to be traded. So at least for this year, it results in the Saints and Eagles both now having two first-round picks. Yeah, pretty crazy. I think both of us said for a while that we didn't think the Eagles will be picking at, at 16 and 19. Granted, now they're picking at 15 and 18, and they pick up a first next year with uh, Saints now occupying 16 and 19. Um, kind of interesting. We'll get into what the uh, reportedly the Saints want to move up for. We'll kind of get into that once we get to their pick at 16. Um, but, yeah, we'll jump right into the mock here. I'll start us off. We're going to take odds and evens uh, like we have. This is a pre-recorded – or pre-done mock, rather, um, sat around, did some trades. Uh, so we'll, we'll each talk about the trade, each, each pick, but uh, I'll go ahead and start with number one here. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson's w- w- was the pick that we went with. It's not going to change until it gets reported otherwise. He, he was in Jacksonville today in person uh, at the stadium. So it sounds like he's going to be the guy for them. They've, like I said, they kind of pigeonholed themselves into taking an edge. I kind of mentioned that last week. So I, I still kind of the, the spot that they're in. Uh, he's probably the top player on their board too. So uh, uh, we're going to stick with Hutchinson until that changes. Yeah, I like it. Um, been the pick for the past few mocks that we've done. Really seems like that's going to be the pick. Um, but for number two, the Detroit Lions have the second overall pick. And I'm going to go with a guy who recent reports are saying that teams might be lower on him than some would think. Um, but it's Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. Um, they say the league might be low, but I think that his tape is just incredible. And regardless of what teams are thinking, I think the Lions should take a safety here. They could always take one at 32 or 34, as that's a good spot to take some. And they could go edge here, which is the other option. But I don't know what the Lions edge board looks like. So if Hutchinson is their number one guy and he's gone, I think you really have to take Hamilton here just because he can be such a game changer for that defense that they really need right now. Yeah. Uh, kind of a hot take from the If this is, this is usually be a hot take for us, but this is like a mildly, mildly warm take compared to some of the we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm with you. Kyle Hamilton's tape is might be the, it, it is the best in the class. He has the most sound tape. Uh, people want to scream about how he ran a four seven. Well, first of all, it's a, it's one guy who hand timed him in a four in the four sevens. Uh, I happen to think he's probably more on four fives, four sixes, like he ran at the combine. He also plays plenty fast on tape. Uh, we we watched we went back and watched the other day. Brett and I did. There's a there's a play against Florida State, a second interception of the game where he's on the far hash and uh, he, he reads the quarterback's eyes. He triggers and he runs all the way to the to the sideline. Makes a toe tap interception and it's it's incredible. Uh, the guy plays plenty flat, plenty plenty fast, 
And so I, there, there's no reason he shouldn't be picked second overall here for the by the Lions. They they need a cornerstone defense cornerstone defensive player, and they get that in Hamilton. Yep. So uh, Texans on their own the board here at three. I don't think they're going to go ahead and take a tackle here because they now have 13. And I just think they're going to go here with uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Kind of some reports coming out that uh, teams are potentially higher on him than, than the media is, and I think that's going to reign true. I think he's got really, really good tape. I think he has the highest upside of anybody in this class. I mean, he could, he could be a defensive player of the year potential. Um, that's his ceiling. His floor may be a little bit lower, but um, – Thank you for the Texans. You take a shot here. You still have Larry Tunsil on the roster. Uh, you can get a ta- you can get a tackle either at thirteen or you can just get one in the second round. There's there's a a decent second round wave of tackles um, that could be there for them in the, in the early second round. So Kayvon Thibodeau is the pick here. You get a cornerstone edge rusher. Um, it, it's the second most valuable position in football right now. So uh, they got the quarterback they think for at least a couple of years. So take an edge rusher here in Thibodeau. I like it. That's definitely a position of need, as is every position pretty much for the Texans. But I like it. They're at their best when they have good edge rushers like they did with Watt and Clowney. Um, So I like that pick a lot. But fourth overall pick, another guy we're going to stick with from last week is Iki Kwonu, the offensive tackle out of NC State. Um, It has been reported that the Jets love him and – I don't know if he's been on a visit or they've had a meeting with him. I haven't heard anything about it, but he's versatile, can really help that O-line wherever they need it. I just think that he's the guy. I mean, who else you have on the board? You have receivers. They're not taking a quarterback. And the edge rusher is kind of weird with the top two guys gone. So it's really the, the pick here, and it shouldn't be up for debate. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think with their with their offensive line room, they can do a lot. They can move a lot of guys around. And uh, if they think Okonu is the best player, in the, the best alignment in the draft, and, and it would be uh, well-based, uh, it'd be the pick there for them, I think, if he's there. Uh, get the other New York team, the Giants here on the board at five. We went with Evan Neal, tackle out of Alabama. Uh, this would be a pin-playing right tackle for them. Uh, Andrew Thomas made some strides last year from year one to year two. Definitely has not lived up to number four overall expectations yet, but again, it's early. Some guys need need a couple of years, and that's fine. They're in a place to wait on that. Um, I don't think it's responsible though to move him to right tackle just to play Evan Neal at left tackle. I actually think Evan Neal's skill set is better suited for right tackle. I think his his tape's better at right tackle, in my opinion, from what I've watched. Um, I just think his his skill set suits that a little bit better. So um, he slots in at right tackle. They get bookend tackles that are both at least quality starters for the next 10 plus years. So uh, if I'm a Giants fan and this is my pick here, Evan Neal at at five, who, who, you know, we all thought was going one, what a month ago before free agency. So this is a home run pick for, for New York, but both New York teams come away with great picks in, in at four and five here, in my opinion. I agree. They both teams that could really use some help on the, along the offensive line. Um, but at number six, we have the Carolina Panthers. Don't know if they'll be picking here, but we're going to go with the same guy we have recently, Malik Willis, first quarterback off the board out of Liberty. Um, seems like they're really into Willis. They like his game. They've ha- they've met him. They've had a good bit of scouts at his pro day. But it seems like this is the direction Carolina's heading. I don't think Matt Rule wants to go into another season with Sam Darnold. But I just think this is the pick here. They get their choice at QB. 
But if they choose another route, then look for them to be trading out of that six. Yeah. Uh, I think we're on board at quarterback with Willis here. It, it sounds like they're going quarterback from what we've heard this week. They, they could always not. They could always wait. Um, if they don't, I think you're right. It's straight out spot. If we get some rumors about maybe a team moving up to five, I think they could go up to two maybe. So this, this six pick is fluid for now. Um, we're sticking in picking here. All right. We got the first hot take, scorching hot take from the cold seats today. We've got number, number seven pick overall. The Giants have it from the Chicago Bears last year to get Justin Fields. We're going to have Chicago trading back into the first round to get their pick back at number seven. They're going to trade their 39th overall pick, their second rounder, next year's first rounder, and next year's fourth rounder for the seventh overall pick. And at the seventh overall pick, now on the clock, the Chicago Bears are going to take Charles Cross, the left tackle from Mississippi State. Last year, they drafted Tevin Jenkins in the second round. He had a not very good rookie year. To a lot of people's surprise, he's more of a right tackle anyways. He dominated at right tackle at Oklahoma State. You have to get Justin Fields some protection before you can do anything offensively. It starts up front. It's been proven time and time again. You have to get him some protection. And I think Charles Cross is the best left tackle, pure left tackle in this class. Might, might, he might be. Uh, he's. I think he's the best pass blocker in this class uh, of the top three, the hot, the the upper echelon of tackles, if you will, in this class. Uh, I think he's the best pass, pass pure pass pro guy. Uh, get a left tackle. It's a splash move, but guess what? The Bears want to compete in a wide, in, in what could be a wide open NFC for that seven seed, especially in the NFC NFC North. You don't really know what's going to happen with with Minnesota. Go get a guy. Go get a left tackle for the next fifteen years for your franchise quarterback. Because I think Justin Fields is that guy. Ter- I mean, Matt Nagy's offense sucks, so. I'm not making any judgments on Justin Fields yet. I think he could be a dude for them. So uh, while this is super aggressive and you sacrifice your first round pick next year, I think it's worth it to get Charles Cross. I agree. It was Fields made it known and had some headline quotes about how Nagy's system was and how he felt about it. So definitely think this is the right thing here. Chicago going all in at least for the next couple of years to get the tackle they want. Um, to help protect Fields for his future and keep him healthy, especially early on. Absolutely, for sure. But at number eight, got the Atlanta Falcons. Gone on multiple different ways here so far in the mock drafts, but we're going to go with receiver for them. Really suspended for a year. Julio left last year. Russell Gage is gone. So I think I'm going to go with Jamison Williams, um, the wide receiver out of Alabama. They have their choice at receiver here, which is nice for them. I think they like Jamison. He's a lot of teams wide receiver one going to the draft, even with the ACL tear. But he needs to take some attention off Kyle Pitts because right now Pitts is their only notable pass catcher. Um, so taking a receiver, a high-end receiver like Jamo will help open up that offense. Yeah, I just I, I think Jamo's game pairs the best of any of the any of these top end receivers with Kyle Pitts' game. Uh, reports came out after the Alabama Pro Day. I think we talked about it on the pod on Thursday that teams feel fine about Jamison Williams now. He's he's on track. Uh, he's ahead of schedule still. He's supposed to be ready by week one. So uh, when that came out, it got reported that a lot of teams are way higher on Jamison Williams than originally thought and that he's plenty of teams as wide receiver one. So um, do not be shocked if he's the first receiver taken on draft night. Cold Seat Podcast had it first, just saying, had it first. 
Um, but no, I really like this pick here. Uh, it fits again. Kyle Pitts, his skill set going with Jameson Williams is beautiful. Um, so I really like that for them. Got number nine here. Uh, Seattle Seahawks are on the board as acquired from Denver via the Russ trade uh, back in early March, mid March. Uh, this could have been a trade out spot. Um, but I think we're gonna they're gonna stick and pick here, and they're gonna take Sauce Gardner at nine. I think he's we I think we both think he's the best corner in the class, self-proclaimed best player in the class, and I love the confidence from a kid playing corner. Um, I just don't know how you how you match up with this guy. He's six three, two hundred pounds, and he runs in the four threes. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, you 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 told me a quote earlier. If you wanna if you wanna touch on it here, but it's like this guy is a matchup nightmare in the corner. Yeah, he's definitely. Um, been going to Twitter to make it known how good he is. And I don't know if it does too much for his stock. Um, I don't think teams are looking at his tweets, but it's nice to have that confidence. And while some may see it as cocky, I think it's definitely a mindset you need to have playing that position. And that's exactly what he said on Twitter. Um, so Absolutely. I think him being the first corner taken, barring Derek Stingley's pro day, which we will get to in a second, um, is the right move for the Jets. Also, I'll for, say this in Seattle. At- at nine, this is low for him, I think. I think he could go higher. I mean, realistically, if if the – like, this is the pick we made because this is how our board fell, and that's just how we, we went with it this time. Uh, this could change. Honestly, I, I thought about it advocating for him at four to the, Jets, to the Jets, honestly. Just because they have the interest in him, I would have advocated for him at five for, for the Giants too. It's just right. – that's just how the board fell for us. And uh, But I, I think this might be his floor is nine, which is absolutely insane. But he's he, I think he's that good. He really is. Yeah, I agree. Um, I could see him going as high as four, like you said. But I think it's a good spot for him. But the Jets, who have a number four pick, are up here at 10. And we have our second trade of the first mock with trades. Hot takes, baby. Seattle's going to have back-to-back picks here as the Jets are going to send their 10th pick to the Seahawks for DK Metcalf and 41. Um, it has been rumored that DK Metcalf is being the subject talked about in trade talks between Seattle and a number of different teams, the different teams we are not entirely sure of, but nonetheless, DK Metcalf could be moved within the next week. And that's likely when a deal gets done, if he were to be moved out of Seattle this off season, but Seattle's going to take a receiver to help replace DK. And Drake London, a big body guy who has great hands and really is the only receiver somewhat early that has shades of DK. All the most other guys are around six foot. London about six three. You have Watson and Pickens later on that are taller, bigger guys, but at 10, that's just not a smart decision. So Seattle's gonna come away early in this first round with sauce Gardner and a guy that he's going to guard in practice in Drake London. And I would, I would love if this, if this is how it fell, if this is the reality we live in, I would love to see that practice film. Mm-hmm. Like screw it, put them on hard knocks. I just want to see those two guys going on. I want to watch those guys go one-on-one for an hour because that would be a battle. Uh, I like, I think Drake London is wide receiver one B for me. Uh, right behind Garrett Wilson. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think the, the Seattle trade for DK or get, getting rid of DK and the Jets getting him is a win-win for both sides. 
the Jets get DK, who's one of the best defense in the league, to go with Zach Wilson, who's got an absolute cannon for an arm. Um, and they they were rumored that if that if DK is 100 made available, they're the team that's going to go all in to get him. Right. Um, so I think uh, I think this is I guess it's a win win for both sides, and I really like this move that we made here. Uh, got the Washington Commanders up here at 11. I'm going to pat myself on the back for getting that right smooth this week. Commanders up here. Uh, they could go a number of different ways. Garrett Wilson's on the board. Olave's on the board. Burks is on the board. But I'm going to go with Derek Stingley Jr. Uh, guy's going to have his pro day on Wednesday this week. Really looking forward to it. He's going to test. He's got, he got medically cleared to do everything. His testing should be really interesting. He could even vault himself into the back to CB1 status if he tests really well. Wouldn't shock me. Um, it wouldn't change for me personally, but that's just how I think the media could react because media tends to overreact to things. Um, we're going to go to Derek Stingley Jr. here, though. They they have to get a legit corner one, um, keep building the defense. Uh, you know, the front seven, their dominant front seven can only get so many sacks when the secondary is meh and they get and, and they get beat off the line quick. I think you get a guy like Stingley who can who can truly follow number ones. Uh, for them would be huge for that front seven. I agree. And with the first two corners, really the undisputed top two corners in this class being gone, that leaves Minnesota with, I believe, really only one direction to go. And that's to fill a very big need that they now have in the middle of their defensive line. So here at 12, I have the Vikings taking the big defensive tackle from the University of Georgia and Jordan Davis. Um, like I said, they lost two interior defensive linemen this offseason in free agency. So filling them with maybe the best run stopper in the league in a couple of years um, is a very big pickup for them to put along a defensive line with Daniil Hunter, who's coming back from injury, and Zadarius Smith, who they just picked up in free agency. And that flag? Best run stopper in the league in three, two, three years? I, I think he could be, yeah. Hey, bookmark it. April 4th, 2022. Bookmark will come back in a couple of years. I, I don't I don't mind the take though. I, I think he really could be. He's a monster. I've said it before. Absolute monstrous athlete. Uh so this, this is a great pick here for Minnesota. Um we got Texans here on the board at 13, acquired via Cle- from Cleveland in the Deshaun Watson trade with a slew of other picks that they got in the future. Uh this was almost a tackle for me, but I don't think Trevor Penning is worth taking here. And wide receiver was on the board, Garrett Wilson. Uh, get Davis Wills a weapon. They're rumored to be shopping Brandon Cooks. They want a second for him. I think that came out today or yesterday. They want a second rounder for him. So um, get Garrett Wilson, guy who does it all, really good separator, really good athlete, uh, plays way bigger than what, 5'11", 5'10", plays really big. Um who I think is the best receiver in the class. So getting here at 13 as a third receiver off the board should be an absolute steal for the Texans here at 13. I agree. They need a receiver, and they got to surround Mills with the weapons to help him develop the best he can. At number 14, my team, the Ravens, are on the clock, but we're going to have our third trade of the mock. They are going to send 14 to the Arizona Cardinals for their first and second round picks this year, which are 23 and 55 overall. Arizona is doing this because Trayvon Walker, one of the top edges in this class, is here at 14. Um, Most teams 
think he could go as early as top three. Don't know if it's realistic. Nonetheless, he is here at 14 in the mock draft. So Arizona trades up to snag him and stop his fall. And that'll fit a really big need for them. I think they lost Chandler Jones. Um, they really need an edge rusher because J.J. Watt doesn't have too much time left. Yeah, I think this is a good move for both sides. It's a strange board for you guys. And I think Arizona needs an edge rusher really bad. And then they go get a guy who's a freak profile athlete. Uh, so that, that's a good move for both sides. It's a win-win, I think. Um, especially for something else to win now like Arizona does. So um, I like I like that trade a lot. Uh, we got the – Pardon me. Philadelphia Eagles here on the board at 15. Uh, acquired via Miami from a couple of trades that happened last year in the, in the draft, uh, prior to the draft in 2021. They're going to take Traylon Burks, wide receiver, out of, wide receiver out of Arkansas here. Uh, I like him as a fit for their offense better than Chris Olave personally. Uh, while I think Olave is a better receiver, Burks fits way more what they want to do offensively. He's more of a weapon. Uh, you get – you can even run triple option, like a bubble, like a jet bubble triple option with with uh, Jalen, Traylon Burks, and uh, whoever they had at running back. Yeah, who I mean, whoever it may be at running back, they could they could run that the handoff option with Hertz, and then they could run the the the, the pitch the pitch part of the option with with Burks. Uh, they could end arounds, jet sweeps. They should do whatever they can to do what Arkansas did with him, which I think is what they will do. Uh, Nick Sirianni clearly was very creative last year with. Uh, with what he did in the offense at Philly. So uh, really like the picture of Burks. I just, I think, I think the fits perfect um, for this offense. I agree. I like it. Given hurts all the weapons they can while not only he's on a rookie deal, but while Philly now has back-to-back drafts with two first rounders. And because of that trade, the 16th pick is no longer theirs is now the new Orleans saints. And it is rumored that the saints made this trade and one of the reasons for it was to jump above the Chargers, who are picking next at 17, and draft an offensive tackle. And a guy they believe can fill Teron Armstead's um, spot that he left as he went to the Dolphins in free agency. And so we went with Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle out of Northern Iowa. Really the first tackle in the second tier of offensive tackles after the top three are gone. Um I think it's a good pick. He could go around here. He could also go later in the first, maybe towards the end. Um, a good spot and good fit for him going to New Orleans. Yeah, I think it's a reach at 16. I'm not a Trevor Penning truther. I don't like him at all, to be honest. I just think his senior bowl tape was very average at best. And Great, you dominated against bad talent, but when you went and played better talent at the Senior Bowl, you looked like you, you looked like a typical D D two prospect. You looked like a Northern Iowa prospect who won some reps, but lost some really bad reps. Um, and the guy here at seventeen, who I'm going to take for the Chargers, gave him the work at the Senior Bowl. I think they maybe one or two reps, but uh, Jermaine Johnson going seventeen here to the Chargers. Um, Lit it up at the Senior Bowl. We've said it straight up. Just left after a couple of days of practice because he did so well. So um, if this is the board for the Chargers, they're, they're going to go BPA. Brandon Staley said in an interview that uh, he loves what they did in free agency because it gives them the BPA mindset at 17. Uh, if that's their mindset, and I think he's being fairly truthful in that, this should be a 
Jermaine Johnson or George Karloftis pick. And for me, it's George Karloff or Jermaine Johnson, rather. I like George Karloftis, but uh, I just think Jermaine Johnson's better. I like the fit better for the Chargers, too. I think he's got higher pass rush upside. He's might be the best run defender, uh, run defending edge player in this in this class. Uh, he has the best tape against Ikemakwonu, Iki, who took it four to the to the Jets here. Uh, so I just like the fit the best uh, of all the edge rushers available. Uh, Baron Staley loves to run multiple edge rush packages, and it would allow them to give Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa some edge rest uh, in the first two, in the early downs, first and second down. Uh, especially in rundowns, if you want to get one of those guys arrested, maybe you want to slide somebody down inside or whatever. Uh, it just gives makes them multiple up front, which is what Brandon Staley wants to be. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine being there at 17, I feel like that has to be the pick, no matter who's on the board. Especially with four tackles being gone already. But the 18th pick we have here, and we have the Philadelphia Eagles, who took New Orleans pick, and they kind of swap spots here. So the Eagles are on the clock here at 18. They're going to take Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah. Uh, Philly's edge need is a little bit overstated. They brought back Graham and Barnett. And they brought back Fletcher Cox to kind of anchor down the middle of that offensive line. And they also signed Hassan Reddick. So they need a linebacker a lot more than they need edge. And while they could go corner here, I think Lloyd – is a great pick for them and one of the best fits for him in this draft. Yeah, I think they signed Kaiser White, but they definitely need another linebacker. Um, again, they only pick – this is the only other pick in the first round now, which unlike they've had in the past couple of weeks. But um, I think Devin Lloyd's – I mean, he may be best player available too, depending on boards. So um, he does a lot. He's versatile. So I like the fit here a lot for, for them at 18. Uh, got the New Orleans Saints newly acquiring pick 19. Um they already take Trevor Penning at 16. They could take Chris Olave here. But my thought process is rather than doing that, they take a quarterback. I think you had the same thought process as me, and we kind of talked about it, and might as well take one here. I think they go Kenny Pickett if they're going to take a quarterback, right? I mean, um, as much as they need a receiver, they need a quarterback too after Jamie, whatever they do with Jamie. So take this, take the shot now. If you swing right. and miss, oh well. Uh, I think you take Pickett. He's got a lot of room to grow. So uh, yeah, it's bold, but I don't know if it's super bold now that they have this other pick in the first round. So I think they go Kenny Pickett here. I I agree. I think this is also part of the reason that they traded up. I like the quarterback here. They do have Jameis, but. Taking a quarterback here allows Pickett to develop, which he may not necessarily need to, um, as some scouts probably have him as day one pro ready to, to come in and start. But allowing him to sit and barring Jameis getting injured, which now it seems like it's evident to have him at some point during the season, it allows Pickett to kind of ease into things in an offense that's pretty much already built, which is good for him and his development early on. But we're going to switch up the picks here. Brady's going to do 20 and I'm going to do 23. So I can talk about the Ravens, but he also had a very good idea here at the 20th pick. Yep. So Steelers are picking here at 20 on the board. Um, and I was thinking of trades before we did this mock that, you know, guys who need to get traded that haven't and Jordan love what Aaron Rodgers is locked in for what three more years now. Right. Yep. 
They picked Jordan Love in the first round. You can still move him for what I think is probably an early second. So that's what we're going to do here. We're going to go Steelers send uh, the 20th overall pick to Green Bay in exchange for the 59th overall pick in Jordan Love. Um, you're looking at net trade value on the chart, uh, 20 and 59. If you net that out, it's, it's roughly an early third. Um, that's what we're going to go with here is an early third or sorry, an early, an early second. That's what we're going with here for Jordan Love. That's about his value, what we think. Uh, Carson Wentz got a second. I think Jordan Love's worth more than Carson Wentz. So that's what I'm basing it off of. Uh, Steelers get their quarterback. They don't pick in the first round anymore, but uh, they pick up 59. So they get a second rounder um, and they get a quarterback. I know they have Mitch Trubisky, but if anyone thinks Mitch Trubisky is a starting quarterback in the NFL, then they should maybe reevaluate their evaluation skills. Uh, I don't think Mitch Trubisky is a quarterback in the NFL. So they get Jordan Love, uh, the Steelers do. And the Packers now get a third first-round pick this year. And at 20, they're going to take Chris Olave, receiver out of Ohio State. And they're going to get uh, Aaron Rodgers, what might be one of the best vertical threats in the draft, outside of James Jameson Williams. Uh, really, really good separator, very natural route runner. Um, so I, I think this fit is perfect for Aaron Rodgers. I agree. And then I'm, I guess I'm back on the board here at 21, or back on the on the odd pick here. Uh, since we're swapping a little bit here. Trent McDuffie is going to be the pick here for, for the New England Patriots, and it's fairly easy for me. I think for us it was pretty easy to, to, to determine. Um, it got rumored this week, or not rumored, but basically reported that teams view Trent McDuffie as a shutdown corner, not just a slot guy, um, which is huge for him because it was kind of this thing that people thought he's maybe only a slot corner because he's small, but he tested kind of poorly. But teams like his IQ, teams like the way he plays, he's physical. And that's exactly what Bill Belichick wants in corners. Um, while Andrew Booth might be a little bit better of a corner prospect with a better upside, I think this is the pick that the, that the Patriots make here in Trent McDuffie. I like that pick a lot. Helps fill the spot that was left by not only Stephon Gilmore, but J.C. Jackson. So corner is definitely a huge need for the Patriots. But talk about physical. Another guy that's very physical as I got a string of three picks in a row here. I'm going to go with one of my favorite guys in the draft, and he might be one of the strongest in the draft as well, Zion Johnson. Um, he's a interior offensive lineman, and I'm going to give him to the Green Bay Packers at 22. Um, their O-line had a lot of moving pieces last year, and I think giving him to the Packers with his center guard versatility is huge for them. And if someone goes down, he can slide, and it allows you to get the five best guys out there. Bakhtiari coming back from injury, maybe putting Zion next to him will help Bakhtiari in his kind of easing back into it. But I think Zion is a great fit for them. It sucks that he's gone the pick before the Ravens here at 23 with a trade with the Cardinals, but had to do it. Um, it just makes too much sense for the Packers. And with the players on the board, they could get another guy at 28. So that was the pick there. And then 23 – the Ravens are on the clock as they traded their 14th pick to the Cardinals. So 23 was initially the Arizona Cardinals pick. But for Baltimore, I'm going to give them Andrew Booth Jr., the corner out of Clemson. Um, he probably goes in the early teens if he didn't have his injury concerns, kind of easing back into it, be ready to go day one. But it seems like the Ravens have their center, at least for this season, in-house as they're going to promote their utility offensive lineman, kind of swing tackle, backup guy to the starting center and beyond Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, they don't have any corners under contract. 
that were on, not on the practice squad last year. So giving them booths gives them a, another corner that you could potentially move Marlon into the slot. But nonetheless, it gives you the depth that you desperately need going into a season with how the defensive back injuries have been for the Ravens recently. And my third pick in a row here, the Dallas Cowboys on the clock at 24. This is an interesting pick. We kind of thought about this for a few minutes. Um, Cowboys want to use Parsons more of a true pass rushing role rather than having him kind of switch back and forth between that and linebacker. Um, Cowboys said that they weren't going to pick up Leighton Vander Esch's fifth-year option, meaning he will be a free agent. And Sean Lee retired recently, and Jalen Smith got cut last year. So they don't have a really a notable answer at that interior inside linebacker spot. So we're going to go with N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker, out of the University of Georgia, really the facilitator in that loaded defense, got everyone in the right spot, um, and definitely helped everyone around him play better, and especially the two linebackers that he played with. So Dean of the Cowboys is not a pick that I've seen a lot, but I think it's definitely a really good fit for them. And while we were thinking about offensive line, Dallas likes the flashier picks, so that led us to picking Kobe Dean. Yeah, uh, I think definitely the most interesting pick. I think it's maybe the most unique pick we've had in this in this mock. Um, obviously, I mean, like the Kenny Pickett one, that's brand new. That's a brand new pick for them. So um, I, I think I really like the fit. I, I think it, it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so I think I think we may look back on that one and say that was that may have been big brain from us. Uh here at 25, though, I got the Buffalo Bills. Uh, again, could have gone a couple different ways. Could have gone receiver. Could have gone offensive line. Ultimately, though, in the AFC, I mean, it's an arms race on, on the offensive side of the ball, and teams are going to have to defend that. So I think here at the 25, the Bills go with Kyrie Alam, the corner out of University of Florida, nephew of Matt Alam, former Baltimore Raven, as we found out this week. Not not brother, but nephew. Uh, but no, I like Alam's coverage skills. I think I've said it before on the on the on the pod. He's a super super high level cover guy. Just not very physical, not very good tackler. Um, but I like his coverage skills a lot. I think it helps them. Uh, their run defense is great, and they and they have really good tackling safeties. So they don't need to worry too much about his tackling issues. I think that that they can coach that up as well. Um, but it fills a spot across from Tredavious White, who's a top corner in the league after Levi Wallace heads to the Steelers in free agency. So it uh, fills a need for them. Uh, you got to have a second corner in the NFL, especially in the AFC. I agree. That's a great spot for Alam. And playing along or opposite a dominant corner could, like I said multiple times, playing along someone, playing alongside someone at your same position really helps your development. Kind of Absolutely. gives you keys to the game and little tips that can really help you become better quicker. But 26 here, Titans on the clock, and I'm going to give one of my favorite players to my least favorite team, um, Tyler Linderbaum. I'm going to give it to the Tennessee Titans here. It's the BPA, um, and Titans have an aging offensive line. Linderbaum fits the offense really well, and showing up that offense, offensive line, while it seems like now every other position is uncertain, they've held a couple visits with or they've held visits with a couple quarterbacks. A.J. Brown being traded, it sounds like a real possibility now. So showing up the offensive line for – it'll be with Tannehill this year, but it's pivotal for any quarterback to have a really good offensive line, and Tyler Lindebaum should be 
one of the best centers in the league for the next decade. Yeah. Apart from that for a second, though, I mean, the fact that they're interviewing with quarterbacks and they're interviewing with receivers and they're, and they might be shopping AJ Brown is shocking to me. If they mm-hmm. sunk themselves into a bad contract with Ryan Tannehill and I think it's biting them in the ass now. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. It's just, I have, what are they, like, what are they doing? I, I don't know. Um, wouldn't, it would be smart to get a rookie quarterback. I just don't know if this is the year to do it, but right. nevertheless, um, Really good pick for them, Tyler Linderbaum. Uh, one of the best football players in the draft. We've said it for a long time. Uh, 27 here, you got Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Again, could go a couple different directions here. Uh, thought about this one for a minute too, but ultimately we decided to go with Texas A&M Aggie. Kenyon Green, the interior offensive lineman. Uh, I think he's not a tackle. I said it last week, but he has emergency tackle flexibility. Should Tampa have a tackle get hurt? I think he projects really well as a guard at the next level, especially at right guard um, or at left guard, either either one, I think he projects fine. Um, he fills a guard spot for them immediately. Um, again, he's multiple. He can play tackle if need be, if someone gets hurt mid-game. So uh, it's maximize Tom Brady, and, and I think that you got you to block. Whenever Tom has lost Super Bowls or lost games because he's gotten pressure put on him, right? I mean, uh, you got got to throw the ball, and to throw the ball, you got to – Got to have clean protection and not get pressured. So, uh, Kenyon Green shores up some some protection there for him, and uh, they'll run it back next year with him. Yeah, I like that pick a lot. Kenyon Green going to Tampa, try to help Tom and what could be his final year, kind of stay healthy there. Um, so, that's a great spot for him. Kenyon Green, a guy that kind of slid after his combine performance. So, for him to go to 27 to a really good team that doesn't really have many holes at the moment is, is big for him and for Tom. So I like that pick a lot Um, to kind of round out this one round mock. The Green Bay Packers are on the clock at 28 here. And we're going to give him George Karloftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue. They could have taken him with one of their early picks at 20 that they got from the Steelers in the Jordan Love trade or at 22. Uh, But getting him at 28 nonetheless is great value for a guy that could go as high as, maybe 13, but it feels a huge need. And losing Zadarius Smith is big for that defense. Uh, Zadarius had high sack numbers before he got injured. So while Karloftis is not necessarily a pass rush specialist, he could develop really nicely across from Preston Smith. And I think that would be big for that defense as they kind of try to fill some holes there. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, they get, they get their receiver and they get, an offensive lineman. They got to go defense here. Uh, Carl Loftus, a guy who slides on the board because he, like I say, he tested poorly, but he didn't test great. And his his tape isn't super athletic. Um, and just with those, there's other edges who tested better and have better tape in front of him. And, and a really get a really loaded edge class. So uh, definitely a steal here. Might be the steal of the draft so far. Uh, with Carl, I'd have to really sit down and look at other picks and see how we feel about him. But, you know, Carl Loftus is 28. It's a, a huge value pick for them which is what, what they need at this point. Um, I'll say this, very uncharacteristic of us to have three good picks for the Packers, but maybe they figured out this this uh, this, this postseason, or this or, uh, not postseason, rather offseason. Um, got 29 here at Kansas City Chiefs around the clock. Pick acquired from San Francisco through Miami. Uh, Miami got the pick from San Francisco in the trade from 12 to 3 last year to get, uh, try to get Trey Lance. And then San Francisco, or, Kansas City acquired the pick from Miami for the Tyreek Hill trade. 
Um, going to get a guy who's not going to replace Tyreek Hill, but going to fill the void at receiver. And that's going to be Jahan Dotson, the receiver out of Penn State. Um, I like his game. I think he's a pretty good separator. Uh, he's good with the ball in his hands. He's not the craziest athlete. He's not going to test. He's not going to test out, you know, jump off the gym or, or beat anybody in a foot race uh, in terms of other receivers in this draft. But he's a good football player. He's a good receiver. He gets open. Um, his eval right now reminds me of Amonor St. Brown's last year. Um, just because he's, he's productive in college and kind of getting overlooked by some of the other guys in this draft. So uh, it'd be a really, really good pick, really good fit for Kansas City here. I like that a lot. I believe he won the Bolitnikoff, if I'm not mistaken, this past season. It was uh, – is that underclassman from Pittsburgh? I forget his name. Um, I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dotson was second, though, I think. Yeah, you're Dotson right. was second um, or third in voting, but it was that Pittsburgh kid. Right, but – Nonetheless, great pick for Casey there. Like you said, losing Tyreek is huge. Dotson kind of has similar skill set. Nobody's Tyreek Hill, but Dotson's similar more so than a few other guys that are on the board at receiver. So it gives Mahomes another guy to throw to with only Hardman and Juju and Kelsey. Currently the pass catchers for that Casey offense. But Casey's got another pick here, their own, number 30. So back-to-back for them. And we're going to give them a versatile defensive back Uh, and Daxton Hill, who played primarily deep safety at Michigan this past season. Um, But he's more athletic than Jalen Petrie, I believe. They're kind of both neck and neck, do similar things. I think Petrie can play in the box a little more frequently than Daxton Hill. And I think Hill having more safety experience, I think he could be a better corner if Casey needs that, honestly. Whatever happens, because you're not going to have your whole team stay healthy for a whole season, whatever happens in Kansas City, whether injuries, I think he's going to be playing primarily corner this season if this pick were to be the pick on draft night. But I like Daxon Hill a lot um, just because of how versatile he is, but he could also be a high safety if you need him to be. Yeah, I think he's really multiple, uh, really versatile in the back end, which which KC needs, of course, with the with the division they're going up against. Talked about time and time again. So, uh, really good pick, getting better in the back end for them. We've got our last hot take from the cold seat from this mock today. Uh, might be the hottest take of the draft of the mock today, but I, I think it's something that is not talked about enough. Similar to the Jordan Love thing, a guy that. Um, Maybe not needs to get traded, but a team that's looking to potentially move a guy, a high-end prospect. The Bengals have the pick here at 31, but they're going to trade it straight up to the New York Jets for left tackle Makai Becton. They didn't really get a a true left tackle in free agency, and Jonah Williams is – he's all right, but he might be a better guard. Well, Makai Becton is kind of in a weird spot. The Jets drafted Ike Okwonu at four, which sounds like it's going to be the pick. The front office really likes Noah Fant, at, or Noah Fant, George Fant at left tackle. And they really like him as the, as kind of a culture fit. And there's been some issues with Mekhi Becton that, that's kind of been um, the team feels he may need to change his scenery pretty soon. But they've been holding on to him because they don't know if they can get anything for him in the draft. Well, I think this is a draft night trade if it goes down, just like it is right now. Um like I said, Jets straight up move Makai Becton for the 31st overall pick. Cincinnati gets a left tackle of the future to protect Joe Burrow. And the New York Jets take David Ojabo, the defensive end edge rusher out of Michigan. 
um, counterpart to Aiden Hutchinson this year. Really, really productive at, at Michigan this year. Um, you know, he's he's got all the tools in the toolbox, and he's shown the production in college. Um, he's a, a relatively new football player. I think we've talked about this before. He's got a lot left to learn. Um, Robert Saul gets to coach this guy up and, 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 and kind of raise him up as a prospect for the next few years. Um, they have to wait a year on him anyways. He tore his Achilles, uh, what, just under a month ago now at his pro day. Really, really tragic that it happened. Um, but I think the Jets here, they, they have time to wait. Like, they're not contending right now. They're not contending next year. They're not contending this year. They're a couple of years out, so they have all the time in the world to wait on an edge on a guy to get healthy. And um, you bet on the upside here for on David Ojabo if you're the Jets or in a team that's rebuilding. You absolutely bet on the upside here. I agree. Uh, letting him develop would be big for that Jets defense and a pick that they could really look back on and say, "Man, that was a great move making that trade and getting Ojabo there at the end of the first. But we're going to stick with five trades. This mock, like you said, but to wrap up the fourth edition of Mock Draft Monday, the Detroit Lions are on the clock here. It is the pick that they acquired in the Rams from the Los Angeles Rams in the Jared Goff trade. And I'm going to go with the guy that we've gone with before. I think he will be a first rounder when it's all said and done. Uh, one of the most underrated athletes in this class, I think, is the edge rusher out of Minnesota, Boye Mafe. Um, with, going, with going with Hamilton at two, where they could also go edge. They need an edge. They don't really have anyone at edge. And this is definitely a pick that I could see them making just because of Mafe's value and how, I don't know how necessarily like the consensus on him, where they're, where teams are projecting he will go, but getting him here at the end of the first, I feel like is a great pick for the Lions. Yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. One of the most slept on athletes in this class. I think he gets overshadowed by, Number one, Jordan Davis is a freak athlete. You've got a Quonu and Neil who are really good athletes. Um, I could sit here and, and, and play the name game for the next five minutes, but I'm not going to. Boy, Mafe is a freak athlete too. He jumped over 40 inches on his vertical, which is crazy um, for a guy his size. So I really like to pick here. I think he is going to be a first-rounder. Teams historically, the Ravens being one of them last year at 31, historically take the chance on really athletic edge rushers at the back end of the first round, because typically those athletic traits with decent production, like he had can often translate really, really well to the NFL, right. especially at the edge, rusher, especially at the edge rusher position where you can kind of manufacture pass reps, pass reps, reps for these guys, a bit of a tongue twister there. Um, you can manufacture reps for these guys there at, at, at the pass rush situation. So um Again, they're, they're building. They don't need to have a guy who's going to be a defensive rookie of the year type of guy at edge 32. They need a guy who, who's going to project for the future, and Boye Mafe certainly does that for them. Yep. But that kind of wraps up Mock Draft Monday 4.0, 32 picks in the books here. Um, this was electric. I was pumped to do this. I pumped when we were doing it. Um, the, the New Orleans trade kind of threw a, threw a wrench in the, in, the, in the mix here, but we – we figured it out. We got it done. Um, some super hot takes, the Charles Cross trade being one of them with Chicago going to seven, the Jordan Love trade, the Mackay Becton trade. But I really like the trades that we made in this draft. Um, I like the mock a lot. I think it's different. I think, again, with that, it's something we're striving to do. And and, and um, I know Brett shares a sentiment, but I think you often see the same couple guys go, go, over, go high overall now. And we're in kind of the stage of mock drafts where they kind of get stale. And I think that what we're doing here is, 
we're doing giving you a realistic mock, but it's also different. Like it, it's not the same chalk you're going to see. And sometimes it is with Hutchinson at one. That's just how it's going to be. I'm not going to deviate from that because I want to do something different. It's just what's going to happen. But we're giving you guys some different stuff, and I think that's that's um I'm, I'm glad to do it, and I, and I and I really like doing it. I think I like looking at different scenarios, especially this late in, in the mock season. We're at April fourth. We're two weeks or three weeks from Thursday is the draft. So I think kind of got to mix it up a little bit, and I like looking at these different scenarios here. Yeah, like you said, uh, love doing this from week to week. Kind of a nice twist um, to go with our actual episodes that come out every Thursday. But doing the mocks, making them different each week, each of the remaining mocks that we have for y'all are going to be different as well. So make sure to stay tuned. Uh, But try to keep them different, like you said. The top few picks are likely going to be the same for the most part, um, just because – teams kind of have shown more interest in the higher guys, obviously, than maybe guys later in the first round. Um, we love doing it each week, making it different. But make sure to follow us at Cold Seat Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you're subscribed, listen to the episodes wherever you're listening to them. Um, leave a rating. We got episodes every Monday and Thursday until the end of April where we will stick to our Thursday episodes after the draft concludes, but we appreciate all of the listens and make sure to stay tuned to hear the latest updates on not only the draft, but on any number of sports that we will provide y'all each Thursday. So thanks for tuning in and we'll see y'all in a few days. See you guys later.